Hello, and welcome to Infinite Possibilities Abound. I'm your host, Debbie Wazner. On Saturday, a friend and I went to a fair celebrating 200 years of existence for Morgan County. And while the morning was overcast, dark, and windy, by the time we arrived at the fair, most of the clouds were gone and a bright, sunny blue sky was revealed. We had a great time. Everybody was very nice and friendly. We saw eight to ten old farm tractors, farm animals, learned the difference between alpacas and llamas, saw some really cute small little itty bitty chickens, watched a demonstration on blacksmithing, weaving, candle dipping, and all of these people were in period costumes. I commented to the lady who was doing the candle dipping that I would not have made a good pioneer. I like electricity, running water, and all the conveniences that we have. They had the usual county fair food and a variety of vendors. My friend was out of honey, so she picked up a fresh jar of local honey. I got some bee pollen and was really drawn to a booth where a gentleman had made furniture, tables, bookshelves of different sizes and heights, with the live edge. They were so beautiful and so reasonably priced. But I'm not one to make a snap decision and buy things on impulse. But I really wanted the one but I really wanted one of those pieces of furniture. So when I got home, I kept looking around for a place where I could put one. And it took me until mid morning on Sunday when I figured out it could go here in my office or second bedroom. So I got ready and drove the 20 minutes back to the fair on Sunday. And they had another good crowd. For a moment, I didn't see the vendor that I wanted. And I thought to myself, oh, he's not here. And then I looked again and I found his sign, Live Edge Furniture. But on Saturday, he had sold the vast majority of his stock. But he still had a couple pieces that I was interested in. Tall, bookshelf type about 48 inches long and about 40 inches tall. I decided on one, paid for it, and the furniture maker helped me, brought it to my car and loaded it in for me. When I got home, I took it out of the car and with the help of my neighbor, put it inside the house. Now where I wanted to put it was on top of my desk, but on top of my desk was a whole bunch of stuff. And so I had to start moving things off and around and deciding, did I want to keep this? Did I want to throw this away? And it's taken me almost a day and a half to get things organized the way I want. So one small decision to replace, to buy this new bookshelf, led to a cascade of events that initially wasn't even on my mind or schedule. But I went with the flow, and I really like how it's turning out. I really like the live edge on all the pieces of wood and then just the different colors that are revealed on this finished piece of furniture. Attending the ceremony for the 200-year anniversary of the founding of Morgan County, Indiana, reminded me of how lucky I am to have been born, raised, and live in the United States of America. We are not a perfect country, by any means, but I could have been born into a country with no running water or basic sanitation, with a continuous civil war, 
for continuous ethnic conflict or landed on the bottom rung of the caste system with zero possibility of improving my lot in life. But no, I was born into the United States of America. That's like winning a jackpot. And while we have problems, they're unlike if I had been born into those other poor nations or even the United States of America in the 17th and 18th century. Here in this country, you can literally create any kind of life you want by being willing to work and using your mind, your intelligence, and your intuition to create your world according to your intentions, desires, dreams, and vision. I think many, if not most, Americans take for granted everything that is possible here in the United States of America, in the good old U.S. of A. It's really very rare, people. It's not possible in North Korea, Russia, China, most of the countries in the Middle East. You have the opportunity to live your best life. You can live your dream. And as a country, we're not perfect. But if you wait until the country is perfect before you make the choice to live the dream, then that choice and that decision is on you. We have a lot of people who are living in the center of the bell curve where they're committed to being average, mediocre, and choosing not to be outstanding, phenomenal, and the best that they can be. We all have the potential to be great, to be fabulous, phenomenal, outstanding. You can choose to make the best of the opportunity of being born into the U.S. of A., or living here now. Our ancestors were looking for something better than where they came from. It was far from perfect when they arrived on the shores of the North American continent. There were issues, flaws, obstacles, problems, but they took the opportunity to be the best they could be each day. And you have that opportunity in front of you right now. So are you going to choose to be mediocre or fabulous, outstanding, and phenomenal? How do you think about your life? Is it hard? Is it a struggle? You have an opportunity to change your mindset. You're focusing on struggle. Maybe you could see your life as a playground with different size swings, slides, pull-up bars, a number of sandboxes, climbing walls and a variety of other apparatus. So when you focus on struggle, by law of attraction, you're going to get more struggle. Here's where you can decide to change your mindset. See your life as a playground. The challenges and problems can be made into an adventure of playing and experiencing all the different apparatus on the playground. In my life, I found that most of my problems or obstacles are an opportunity for me to learn something new or to change the way I was doing something or to streamline a process. Now, I'm not fond of change and I'm not in love with technology, but problems and obstacles are opportunities in disguise. They're not necessarily bad, wrong, but there's something there for you to play with, to gain some information, some experience, some knowledge. Can you change your focus? and instead see a life of adventure filled with all sorts of apparatus that offer you opportunities to grow, 
to learn and to experience and help you to be the best person you can be. Earlier, I spoke about having to move stuff around in my little office second bedroom. And I started finding all sorts of paperwork, things that I have written in the past that haven't seen the light of day in quite a while. So I separated some stuff out. And we'll have to go back and reread it and see what I want to keep or toss away. But I came across a sentence I had wrote, and it goes as follows. Peace requires complete and total forgiveness. And that reminded me of South Africa's truth and reconciliation process, which helped South Africa get through a very difficult time, and that we might be required to use in the next few years on a variety of issues that have popped up since March of 2020. There are two things that I live my life by, and they're gratitude and appreciation and forgiveness. I have forgiven everyone for everything, and I've forgiven myself for my mistakes, my miscues, my misspeaking, because I have found that forgiveness sets me free and makes me feel peaceful. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Look at the word forgiveness. You're giving yourself a present or a gift by letting go of your hurt, anger, disappointment, or frustration. When I've forgiven others, I have found a calmness, a clarity, and a peace of mind that I desire and aim for in my life. Over the years, I've learned not to get upset, angry, or disappointed and allow others to disturb my peace of mind, clarity, and calmness. But it took several years to get there. I know many people find it hard to forgive. Fortunately for me, it's always been pretty easy. So are you willing to give up your anger, your hurt and frustration, and let go of those negative emotions that weigh you down? Can you let go of the resentments, the bad feelings, and move forward into the moment of today? Forgiveness lies within you and is the opposite of revenge. When you forgive, you release yourself from the chains that bind you to the actions, feelings, or thoughts surrounding the offense committed against you, whether that offense was real or imagined. You're no longer a prisoner of the past, but forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness frees you from the tentacles and tangles of anger, vengeance, retribution. When you forgive, you shift from being passive to being active. You're the hammer, not the nail. You're no longer the victim. You never want to shut down your feelings or emotions. Acknowledge them, but don't be overwhelmed by them. There's nothing wrong with being hurt, shocked, disappointed, or even angry. Feel these emotions and move through them. When I've forgiven people, I haven't even told them. In some cases, they weren't even aware that I was upset or that my feelings were hurt. So telling them wasn't going to change anything. Forgiveness frees me from their insensitivity, from their lack of kindness or unwillingness to compromise. But each situation is different. And like I said, nowadays, I don't get mad, angry, or upset. And I don't allow others to disturb how I feel or view the world. So when someone hurts you, your first reaction may be to hurt them back or get revenge. If you hold on to these negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions, 
several things are going to happen. First, according to the law of attraction, concentrating on negative emotion results in attracting more negative emotions. Second, you tie yourself to that person, that event, those circumstances. Is that really where you want to live? Third, you've now transformed yourself into a victim instead of claiming your power. Fourth, you've given your power to the event, the circumstance, or the person you resent and choose not to forgive. From my perspective, forgiveness isn't about the other person. Forgiveness is something you do for yourself. It's about loving yourself. It's about living in the present moment and not the past. Any attitude, situation, circumstance that lowers your energy and vitality doesn't serve you. You have two choices here. Go of the situation or take positive action to correct it. I've been hurt. You've been hurt. Everybody's been hurt or wrong. Sometimes it was intentional and other times it's accidental. Depending upon the gravity of the hurt, forgiveness can be difficult and painful. But it's not impossible. Like everything, it's a choice. It's a decision on how you want to live your life and be the best person you can be on a daily basis. You can make forgiveness part of your daily routine or learn not to become offended, upset, or angry in the first place. It's much easier to forgive little stuff and attack the issues and make the necessary changes than to let the little stuff build up and build up and build up and then explode. I look at forgiveness like a get-out-of-jail-free card. You're no longer bound or handcuffed to the incident, situation, circumstance, or individual. The 200-pound weight on your back is lifted. You can stand taller, breathe more freely and more deeply than you can remember. You may want to visualize breaking this negative connection to the circumstance, event, or individual. See a giant pair of scissors and cut the rope or cord that ties you to that event or individual. Or visualize an electrical wire that runs from you to the event or individual. Pull the plug and break the connection. You could also, you could also develop a ritual around forgiving others or yourself, where you write down what happened, your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and that you've forgiven everyone for everything. Place that in a bowl, take it outside, light the edge of the paper, and see the fire consume the paper, the ink, your words. See it transition into smoke and be blown away in the breeze. And here's where gratitude can enter. You can be grateful that you have forgiven and have released yourself from the past, from the incident, event, or individual. If you're tempted to revisit the event, the situation, or circumstance, stop it. Don't go backwards. This event, circumstance, or situation exists only if you give it your energy, attention, and power. Living life, having friends, family, co-workers, children, schoolmates, teachers, and the like allows you to grow, learn, and experience all the things that life has to offer. The good things are easy. Accepting and learning from things that we perceive are that we perceive as bad or difficult or negative is harder, much harder to accomplish. But how you handle the negative hardships, 
obstacles and problems of life says more about you than handling the good things that enter your life. One thing I learned is that it takes a lot of energy to continue and sustain a negative emotional state. It's hard work to continually be negative and not to forgive. And when you don't forgive an individual, an event, an incident, then the emotional, mental, and physical energy that you could be using, that you could be directing to build good health, happiness, or to achieve your life's goal, to achieve your life's goals is being directed to fuel negative thoughts and energies, and this can lead to high levels of stress, unhappiness, and health issues called dis-ease, disease. So if there's somebody in your life that you haven't forgiven, take a few minutes and think about making a different choice because forgiveness frees you and allows you to move into the present moment. When you hear the word freedom, what comes to your mind? Because the word freedom can mean different things to different people. When I think of the word freedom, it's the power to express one's ideas, thoughts, and actions without interference or restriction, or the power to determine my own fate, that I have personal liberty and for the most part can go where I want, as opposed to being in some form of bondage or confinement. For some, it will be the power to stand alone or join groups of like-minded individuals, or the absence of interference or external control in one's life. What do you want the freedom from or the freedom to do? I want freedom from health issues, to help others become the people they desire to be, to be in alignment and centered on my purpose, mission, or calling, to be financially independent, to stand up for myself, to express my thoughts and ideas clearly. I want freedom from health issues, from aches and pains, and from difficult or overbearing people. Take a few minutes and come up with your own list of the things that you want freedom from or freedom to do. It was a couple of years ago, I self-published a book on Amazon Kindle called The Five Big Life Lessons from a Christmas Carol. There are a variety of lessons in many of the great works of literature. And the Christmas Carol has many lessons, but I narrowed my list to five and I'm going to talk about two. The number one lesson is all about change. It's never too late to change. Change is available to everyone at any time. We possess free will. Not making a choice or change is making a choice. You've decided on the status quo. Doing nothing is a choice. Your actions, inactions, words, thoughts are within your control. Scrooge chooses to change. With each visit with the ghosts of Christmas helps him to see his life from many perspectives. After the last visit, Scrooge does something more than talk about what he can do. He takes action. He implements change on a massive scale. His first choice is to be generous instead of self-centered and selfish. His second choice is replacing his focus on money and materialism with establishing relationships 
with others. He becomes less centered on himself and more concerned with everyone else. Third, Scrooge chooses kindness over bitterness and meanness. The men, Scrooge the man at the beginning of the book is afraid. He micromanages everything. By the time the last ghost is left, Scrooge is a changed man. He sees his errors and mistakes, takes action, and gives without recognition. He becomes kind, even vulnerable. When you examine your own life, what do you see? Are you wrapping yourself up in the chains of addiction, bitterness, doubt, fear, self-pity, or sorrow? Do you drag them around you everywhere you go? Do you focus on what didn't work instead of all the things that did work? Are you choosing to be miserable and trying to make everyone as miserable as you are? Which path are you on? Are you Marley or are you Scrooge, where you make a choice to change? The second big lesson is about connections and relationships. Scrooge was only breathing, not living. Business and work isn't life. Life is about people. Scrooge was living each day in a well-worn rut that was getting deeper every day. Scrooge chose money over marriage. He chose money over love. He let fear and lack of faith isolate him. He lost contact with his feelings, emotions, and memories. Scrooge's connections were few and far between. He's alone by choice. He replaced love, faith, and hope with greed, money, and power. Scrooge forgot about love. At the beginning of the book, we see that Scrooge hasn't cared or loved about anyone for many years, not even himself. And he wasn't really too concerned about his nephew, Fred. But each passing visit with the ghosts reveals to Scrooge what his life is missing and that he chose his current path. Now, if we do a compare and contrast with the Cratchit family, they all love and care about each other. Bob supports his family, compliments his wife, thinks highly of his eldest son, and everyone takes special interest in Tiny Tim. There is love, appreciation, gratitude being practiced minute by minute in the Cratchit household. They may lack the financial resources of Scrooge, but they are rich in what life is truly about, love. The Christmas ghosts reveal a world of lost opportunities. Scrooge sees he's lost sight of what really matters and transforms himself from a cold, uncaring, miserly man into a warm, compassionate, kind, and generous human being. Scrooge opens himself up, takes risks, and no one makes him feel badly about who he was. They accept him at face value. A Christmas carol reinforces the idea that the social fabric arises from our connections and relationships. Relationships are vital and a necessary concern for everyone. Concern only for yourself leads to the suffocation of the human mind, body, and spirit. In today's world of instant connections, people are lonelier than ever. Technology has its place, but friends on the internet don't resolve the human need 
for face-to-face -face interaction and connection. You and me, human beings, are profoundly social creatures, and generally we crave connections and contact with others. Want a friend? Be a friend. That takes some consistent effort and time. It requires that you put yourself at risk for being hurt or rejected, which is part of the human experience. So the two big lessons from A Christmas Carol are change is possible and connections and relationships matter. I want to thank you for joining me today for another episode of Infinite Possibilities Bound. I'm your host, Debbie Wiesner. Have a fabulous week, people, and see you again next week.